This is The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. Good morning, it's John Moore, and this is The Breakfast Wrap for Monday, January 30th. The weather forecast becoming cloudy this morning, slight chance of some flurries later on in the morning into the early afternoon. The high, minus one degree. Here are the five things you need to know. Number one, former Mississauga Mayor Hazel McCallion is being remembered. Number two, a state funeral will be held this morning for former Lieutenant Governor David Onley. Number three, weekend trucker protest in Ottawa comes to a peaceful end. Number four, Parliament is returning in Ottawa. And number five, a judge has ruled cities can't push homeless encampments out. The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. 5.07 on a Monday morning. Weekend goes by quickly, doesn't it? It's uh, pretty cold outside this morning, minus nine. And um, the one reality for me, I'm not sure if a lot of other people are having this experience this morning, but I guess because things have been mild and damp, everything was frozen up. My windshield wipers wouldn't work. The uh, door, I practically had to use a crowbar to get into the car. Um, The whole car kind of cracked at one point when I pulled open the driver's side door. So... Uh, I guess this is actually a dress rehearsal because later on in the week, we're actually going to have nights where we go down to minus 23 and minus 25 degrees. And let's face it, perhaps we've been, uh, we never got to our winter bear weight. We have been lulled into a false sense of global warming because this winter, for the most part, has been, you know, daytime temperatures. It's been like New York City, daytime temperatures of uh, two degrees, three degrees. So this week, stuff gets real. Stuff getting real in traffic this morning, and when you hear, as we did in the newscast with Heather Seaman, that access to uh, Pearson Airport is being interfered with owing to a uh, traffic incident, and we'll continue to update that situation, because that's the last thing anybody wants. And for the most part, you probably don't even control your own access to the airport. So I hope that all the professional drivers out there, for those who are using taxis, Uber, and limousines, are taking this into account this morning and using the workarounds that Lisa was recommending. There's always the Up Express if you want to be absolutely sure that nothing stands between you and the airport. So this morning we're remembering Hazel McCallion and we spent quite a lot of time actually putting things together in order to give her the proper treatment. So I spoke with Bonnie Crombie yesterday who was still pretty raw about the whole thing. Um, There's a beautiful clip from Doug Ford. Actually, you want to throw that one in for a second, Nick Marano. Doug Ford talked about going to see Hazel. She passed away Sunday morning, but going to see her just 24 hours before she passed away and sitting with her. Well, yes, yesterday afternoon, um, I, I spent the afternoon and just held her hand and uh, told her I loved her and that uh, she's going to be missed. But she was such an inspiration. Uh, with uh, so many mayors, uh, so many women in politics, and inspiration with myself and even my late brother Rob. We'll pay proper tribute to Hazel on the show today, as well as preparing you with all of the news that you need to get your day on. But we can't let the passing of, I mean, there's sort of two Hazel McCallions. One is this incredible political career, this transformation of Mississauga over a period of 36 years from 
In the old days, a suburb was always thought of, well, it's a sweet place to live, but wouldn't want to work there. And over the last 40 years, I guess, and certainly with Hazel's guidance in uh, Mississauga, these uh, former bedroom communities have become freestanding cities. And they are a place where you can live and work, where you don't need to go to Toronto for anything because you got it all in Mississauga or in Laval. Um, so on the show this morning, one of Hazel's good friends, Ted Wallachan, also a good friend to all of you here, is uh, going to join us. And um, so is Bonnie Crombie, the current mayor of Toronto. John Tory is going to be here. Steve Pakin, who I regard as kind of the historian, uh, undeclared historian for the province of Ontario, because he has known everybody, documented everybody, and he's just such a, uh, a wordsmith. And uh, we'll remember Hazel in her own words, because I did quite a few interviews with Hazel. And I asked her in her exit interview, when she was leaving after 36 years, what she thought her legacy was going to be. What do you think is the legacy of your decades as mayor of Mississauga? Oh, I think building a city for people. One of the things I always wanted is to do is to make sure that we built a, a city that served the people from all of all ages and of all interests, such as sports and arts and community activities and so forth, cycling and pleasures. And I was so proud we have so many parks in Mississauga, and uh, the opportunity for them, for them to live a life of purpose, really, and necessary things to raise a family. You know, we built a lot of community facilities, arenas, and baseball diamonds and soccer fields, etc. Because it's so important that those activities uh, in a city are available for the people. We'll run a very special tribute to Hazel. I hope we do her proud at uh, 6.05 this morning. But that's still to come. Um, other news would include a series of incidents in our city, several of them on the TTC. So much so, I asked Joe Cristiano to compile them, and I'm still sorting through them. But a lot of them seem to involve knives. Several of them happened on TTC vehicles or in TTC subway stations. And all this on the first weekend where we had these uh, police officers patrolling. I was on the TTC several times and uh, saw quite a few patrol officers as well. And I had sort of a mixed impression of that. Yeah, it feels safer when two police officers in full uniform are walking up and down a subway car. But it also, you have to ask yourself, how did we get to this? And okay, I get it. It seems at the moment to be necessary. But Marcus G. wrote a column that I'll reference a little later on. He writes for the Globe and Mail. And it's kind of an echo of what Ed Keenan wrote in the Toronto Star about a month ago. And it's just that there, there's something that ain't working right now. And so, yeah, we're tackling it. John Tory's hiring new police officers. Uh, the city is hiring new officers who will patrol in the subway. We have this special program that was announced last week where the officers themselves, uniformed police officers, are patrolling in the subway. So stuff's being done. Um, but then we get to another story that I'm running out of time here because we've got to do traffic on a day where traffic seems to be quite vital. But a court ruling on Friday 
vis-a-vis the homeless situation in encampments and parks is a bit of a jaw-dropper. We'll talk about it. All right, time for what Toronto is talking about with News Talk 1010's John Moore. John, happy Monday. How was your weekend? It was very nice, although it seems like some pretty cold stuff is coming our way. So uh, I started battening down the hatches as of the weekend. <laughs> yeah, that's but a we good start idea. with the story from uh, start with the story from uh, Sunday morning, which mm-hmm. you guys have been covering wall to wall, and we're going to be tackling today as well. And that's the passing of Hazel McCallie, and she was going to be 102 on Valentine's Day, born in Quebec, raised in poverty, which she always said was the best thing that had ever happened to her. Pro hockey player at one time, and always worth emphasizing when she rose up in politics it was still a period of time when uh, people kind of patted you on the head and said isn't it sweet that you want to get out of the home dear and be a politician Mm. and then she became one of the most formidable politicians in Canadian history so we're going to honor her on the show today with people like Bonnie Crombie John Tory and our old uh, morning man Ted Wallachin was actually a personal friend and tells some hilarious stories about her as well Oh, wow. I'm sure there's so many memories, uh, definitely known as a no-nonsense woman and, you know, pretty honest and transparent on both sides, family and professional life. Uh, Meantime, John, today is the funeral for uh, Ontario's 28th Lieutenant Governor, former Lieutenant Governor David Onley. It's happening at uh, York Minster Park Baptist Church at 11 a.m. today. It is. It's a state funeral, and it is open to the public, but there is limited public seating because David Onley was an extraordinarily celebrated and beloved man. And as a matter of fact, this is kind of a family story, right? David Onley started in broadcasting at CFRB. He used mm-hmm. to work at CP24. So I know that people from here are definitely attending that funeral today. He died on the 14th of January at the age of 72. Yeah, I, I believe our producer, uh, Susan Robertson, is attending his funeral. She worked with him and knew him quite well, so she'll be going to his funeral. And turning to this, John, uh, if the Freedom Convoy anniversary could be summed up with a soundbite, I guess it would be, wah, wah, wah. Uh, Ottawa police, they turned away a small number yeah. of protesters uh, on the anniversary. But, you know, people were arrested, I think two. There were numerous tickets issued. There were several vehicles towed, but it was a fairly uneventful affair. It went on for two days for, uh, you know, a lot of it was on Parliament Hill, but there was restricted access, so they gathered around the eternal flame. But yeah, it was about 200 people, many of them extraordinarily nostalgic for what happened last year, but not even a, a real echo of what happened last year. And the reason for that, I guess, is, you know, what is left to protest? Aside from hating Trudeau, you can pretty well do whatever you want now. Mm-hmm. It does seem like it. We've come a long way since those days of uh, pandemic restrictions. Uh, Turning to this, John, you know, after the police announced that they were increasing their presence immediately on the TTC, we're seeing more violent incidents on the TTC this weekend. I believe two at Pape Station, a stabbing at Yorkdale Station, and one on a streetcar. Yeah, well, I won't go down the shopping list, but you're absolutely right. It's kind of hard to keep track of. And certainly on the first weekend where we had 80 police officers, and not all of them are deployed at any one given time, but the contingent is 80 police officers in uniform are on the TTC in stations, on streetcars, on buses, on uh, subways. I was on the subway a lot this weekend, Jennifer, Mm -hmm. and I certainly saw uh, several patrols. Uh, But at the same time, it seems like it's going to take a while to get on top of this. There's nothing indicating any of these attacks are related, but it's all part of this kind of malaise, I think, that people feel about even getting on the TTC. Mm -hmm. I I just really hope that, you know, the trend that we're seeing isn't the result of copycat kind of crimes and incidences. Uh, Okay, we'll have to pay attention to that. And finally, John, we always end with something a little lighter uh, and happier. A YouTube star is helping blind people see again. 
This is extraordinary. His name is Mr. Beast. In real life, he's Jimmy Donaldson. As you said, he's a YouTube star. And he came up with this idea of pairing up with an ophthalmologist and surgeon named Jeff Levinson and paying for uh, surgery for people who have cataracts. And these are people who have absolutely no money or resources. Mm -hmm. So far, 1,000 people have received this surgery. And if you never know anybody who's had this kind of surgery, I mean, you go from being unable to see with this opaqueness in your eyes mm -hmm. to absolutely you know, crystal clear vision. So it is life altering. And surgeries have been conducted over a period of three weeks and they've been done in Jamaica, Honduras, Namibia, Mexico, Indonesia, Brazil, Vietnam, and Kenya. It's extraordinary. Yeah, really, that is the definition of a good human. We need more like this YouTube star. All right, News Talk 1010's John Moore. Always a pleasure chatting with you. Have a good Monday and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Jennifer Shung over at CP24. And I have to, I'm, I'm going to have to dig around, or maybe Joe Christiano, you can do that because I'm kind of busy executing the show at the moment. But um, at least one article I came across this morning about m this Mr. Beast, people were angry at him. And I want to figure out why. I mean, I really don't care. If you have found a means of paying for the surgery that has restored vision to a thousand people, and you are doing this because you are a relentless publicity whore, I don't care. It sure beats, you know, somebody strutting around with a Prada bag on YouTube just because they like getting a Prada bag for free and giving publicity to Prada. Um, so, again, I the, the coverage I've got in front of me for the story right now is nothing but laudatory. But there were people who were upset with this guy. So um, let's press the reset button. But in a moment, we have a traffic issue this morning on the 409. That means you have to find alternative means of getting to the airport. That's kind of a big deal. So the last thing you want to hear if you're tooling around in the kitchen right now or rapidly packing a bag and you have to head to the airport and the usual route is blocked over owing to a trucking accident. You're, you're listening, listening to The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. Five thirty-seven is the time, minus eight degrees. Through the show this morning, every fifteen minutes, and even more frequently, if we decide it's warranted, we'll continue to check on this issue on the four oh nine. But your conventional means of accessing Pearson Airport have been cut off, so you've got to improvise a different route. And uh, of course, our first thought is always of passengers trying to get themselves to the airport or maybe the occasional person who still goes to the airport to meet people and pick them up. But you've got all the people who work at the airport who may have some issues this morning. Although, you know, one of my friends is a pilot, and just because he has to go to the airport so frequently and he wants to save money, even in the winter, he bikes. Uh, others I know have discovered the joy of the Up Express, which is a very, very comfortable uh, way to travel. Although it always seems when I'm coming back from the airport, that the Up Express is leaving 30 seconds before I get up to the top of the escalator. So we'll keep our eyes on that. And through the, sh through the show this morning, we'll certainly pay tribute to Hazel McCallion. Um, we've got a very sort of special feature report coming up at 6.05. But uh, Bonnie Crombie, the full interview will be at 8.05. But Bonnie Crombie and I talked yesterday, and she talked about... Hazel and her personal memories and being mentored by Hazel McCallion and being tremendously shocked and moved at her passing. Although there had been 
a heads up. Hazel had been ailing, so an awful lot of people who knew and loved her were able to go and sit with her and visit with her. And according to Doug Ford, uh, he saw her on Saturday. She passed away Sunday morning, and uh, she was still, uh, you know, sharp as a tack. But here's Bonnie. She's a person who is widely known no matter where she goes, respected and loved by everyone. The woman is iconic because she is legendary. And she was just that force of nature that I thought would be with us all the time, uh, not just in her lifetime. And I was not ready to see her depart. I must share with you, this came as very shocking and sad news to me. So that's Bonnie Crombie, current mayor of Mississauga. And yeah, the thing about Hazel McCallion, and especially with her passing, as people try to find all the right words and stories uh, in order to pay tribute properly. I mean, she was this transformative mayor. She was a pioneering female politician, but she was also hilarious. I remember very early on in my doing the afternoon show here on News Talk 1010, I said something about the budget in Mississauga. And it, they were about to run up against some sort of a wall because Hazel's pride and joy was the fact that she always balanced the budget, but without, you know, while keeping taxes relatively um, in control. And then when I mentioned that uh, Mississauga was going to hit the wall, I look over at the phone and it's ringing. I think, oh, you know, a caller. Let's see what's it's Hazel. And why, and she just wanted to give me the gears. Um, so, yeah, an incredible character. Lots of stories to be told. Remember the one I remember? I think it was one of the few times that we interviewed Rob Ford on the station. But remember, they were fishing together and Hazel caught a big one and she was not a big lady and she almost got pulled into the water and Rob Ford put her in a bear hug. And the hilarious ending to that story is they still managed to land the fish after Hazel did not get pulled into the water. So um, a series of incidents, many seemingly involving knives, uh, some of them stabbings, some of them uh, robberies, but uh, three out of four, if I'm processing this correctly, because there's so many in the file that, you know, I had to start taking notes and trying to see, okay, is this two reports about the same incident? Uh, but three out of four took place in properties associated with the TTC. And this in spite of the fact that officers were deployed this weekend. So, you know, this may be some kind of a spasm. Doesn't seem that any of them are related, but it was um, a kind of a challenging weekend to say the very least. Here's what Toronto people using the TTC and on the streets of our city had to tell our friends with CTV cameras this weekend about the deployment of police officers to TTC. I feel a little bit more safer, but still I feel like I'm, it's uneasy because it's my main source of transportation. And I know like the police officers are also mainly targeted as well. So I still don't feel like the safest, unfortunately. If I see the police, is it something like more feeling safety? Because something like sometimes the, some stranger and crazy person just uh, walking around in the TTC inside. So sometimes I just feeling unsafe, but something like when I just see the police, is it feeling more safe? Knowing that there's protection around, uh, I think people are uh, somehow gonna be held back from stepping out of line. And in all likelihood, that's true. And certainly it comes as no small comfort to the passengers who aren't about to engage in anything that uh, could be described as trouble. I was on the TTC a few times this weekend. Friday night, went to see Sugar Sammy 
at the convention center at the uh, Bassett Theater. He was amazing, incidentally. He did four shows. There was one at 7 on Friday, one at 9.30 on Friday, and then ditto for Saturday. And because so much of Sugar Sammy's act involves picking people out of the audience and getting to know them and then pitting one against the other and, you know, returning to various personalities and winding, you know, wrapping it uh, all into the act that he was already going to do, that's a lot of work. That's uh, a lot of comedy, and it's, uh, but he brings a great deal of energy to the stage. However, on the way home, um, you know, there were uniformed police officers on our subway. And as I was saying in the first half hour, there's sort of a, a tension to that because you're happy that there are police officers on your subway train or in your streetcar or in your subway station because it means that you're probably not immune from some level of violence or peril, but in all likelihood, nothing's going to happen. But there's also the aspect of, oh, okay, yeah, things got so carried away, we had to put police officers into the transit system. So we'll see how it goes in the coming days. Um, Yeah, and then last night, Caledonian, my favorite Scottish pub, we were doing a scotch tasting. And when we came out, I don't know what was going on in the city, but my Uber wanted 50 bucks, and that was for the cheap ride in order to get home. So back onto the TTC and uh, more police officers when we were on the subway. It's 5.44. So um, the, the grand total in Ottawa, uh, when it comes to the Freedom Convoy 2.0, it was a fairly small affair. It was probably about 200 people. I know they're going to argue about that one. They're going to say, no, 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 it was huge. It was enormous. No, it was about 200 people. I've been doing this for a good long time. I'm pretty good with crowds. Um, and uh, let's see, 23 vehicles were towed. Dozens of tickets were issued. And for the most part, it was people parading around with Canadian flags, a few upside down flags, one or two F Trudeau flags, uh, a lot of yelling of freedom. And there were several American flags. I'll never quite understand why, you know, when it comes to the freedom convoy, they seem to think that the American flag and the Confederate flag are some sort of totems of something worthy of admiration at an Ottawa protest. We're going to talk with Karima Sad on the show this morning. As you probably know, she spent a lot of time covering the original convoy protest. And if you follow her on social media, on the weekend, she goes out in Toronto and just sort of encounters people. She always has a big smile on her face. She's never there to make trouble. But she loves following this sort of oddball collection of protesters to try and figure out what makes them tick. So she'll let us know what was happening on the Hill this weekend. Subscribe today and always hear the latest episode of The Breakfast Wrap with John Moore. All right, so once in a while, there's something in the five things you need to know that you say, I need to know a lot more. A uh, judge, Ontario Superior Court of Justice judge, has denied a municipality's request to remove a homeless encampment on the basis that doing so when there is no adequate indoor space, would violate the resident's charter rights. Okay, that's a, a, a bit of a mouthful, but I mean, effectively, the judge says that a city would have to prove that they actually have enough bed spaces, and this gets much more complicated, uh, before they could start removing somebody from their tent and dismantling a homeless encampment. And when I say this gets more complicated, The judge actually wrote in the ruling that it has to be, you know, beds that are appropriate 
to an individual. So let's say somebody's on drugs and they have a rule at this particular shelter or one particular shelter anyway, where they have available beds, where you cannot be altered. You can't be drunk or on drugs and get in the door. And several of the charity run, uh, I don't know what the, the um, rule is, and I'll have to look it up today, uh, for city shelters, but I know that there are some that simply say you can't get in if you are drunk or on drugs. But then what about couples? Judge says you can't break up a couple just because, you know, you have a bed in an all-men's shelter and a bed in an all-women's shelter. Um, people being asked that they can't bring their pets into a shelter, so they would have to spend the night outside because the shelter doesn't handle pets. This is something we're going to have to spend some time on today. Robin Doolittle has a really interesting account of the whole thing in the Globe and Mail today. But, you know, it, it definitely throws even more wrinkles into an already very, very tough file. Speaking of things in our town, this community group that nobody around here ever seems to have heard of, but we can't keep tabs on them all. Uh, they're called Young for All. And um, they're calling on the city to make permanent the Active TO Midtown Young Complete Street Pilot Project. Okay, basically, everything's got a long name. Um, this is the project, which runs from Bloor to Davisville. And it's a series of patios, designated um, lane space. I mean, basically, it reduced Young Street to one lane in each direction and added in all kinds of features. Some of them more successful than others. I mean, this is my neighborhood. I walk in this every single day, twice, well, more than twice a day, actually, if I'm going out to buy something or taking the dog for a walk or getting my newspaper at Book City. Uh, so I'm familiar with it. And John Tory actually canvassed door to door as he said that he would. He said, listen, I'm gonna find out if this is working. We're gonna have the numbers. They put down those, you know, rubber things that uh, count traffic. They put up um, cameras or some sort of a device to count cyclists. Uh, but John Tory actually went door to door and talked to merchants, restaurant owners and others and said, what do you think? Now, I don't have a, a, a full summary of what they were telling him, but a report did come back last week that said largely the project has been a success the traffic has not been as perturbed as people thought it might, that there's a huge spike in cyclists, and local business have been very pleased, especially, obviously, any restaurant or pub where they were able to add extra tables. And in the summertime, anyway, there's a greater conviviality. I'm still a little wary, like I don't like sitting in what used to be a live lane of traffic, even if it's well protected. I mean, cars are whizzing by within half a, a meter of you. It's, it's not, my, not my jam. But it has been an enhancement in the neighborhood nonetheless. So this group actually seemed to be suggesting that they're going to be rallying or something today. So maybe I'll try and track them down. There's a phone number here. Um, but they are calling on the city to make this permanent and especially pivoting from the fact that a pilot, you know, a report came back and said it had been largely successful. That's the breakfast wrap. Thanks a lot for listening. My name is John Moore. I hope we'll talk again soon. You've been listening to the breakfast wrap with John Moore. Don't forget to subscribe and get the latest episode from wherever you get your podcasts and listen weekday mornings from five to nine. 
on News Talk 1010.